Hey everyone, my name is Olivia, and welcome to the very first episode of Borrowed from the Dutch. In this podcast, I'm here to talk about a different form of sex ed than what we in America are used to, and that is sexuality education from the Netherlands, hence the name. In the Netherlands, sexuality education is completely comprehensive, it's successful overall, and it's informative, which are things that I personally believe American sex ed is not. My goal here is to relay to parents the information I have gathered through researching the Dutch educational points and objectives so that they'll be able to use these teachings within their own families. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, I am not an expert on education. I am not a researcher. I'm not a parent. I'm not exactly qualified in any traditional sense to be giving out this kind of information, so please take that as you will. But I am a sociology undergrad student, I'm an aspiring sex therapist, and I've done a lot of research into this topic. So I'm also not just some random person saying useless or unfounded things into a microphone. If you're interested in following up on the things I mention here, I will have a list of my sources on this podcast's website which I'll link in the description. My sources range from books, to newspaper articles, to opinion pieces, to videos, to peer-reviewed journal articles. So anyone who's listening that would like to fact check or gain more in-depth knowledge will be able to do so with sources that I have found to be the most helpful. So just to give a little bit of background, I wanna talk about the origins of this topic. A few months ago, I came across an article about how sex ed in the Netherlands was among the most successful curriculum in the world as it relates to sex ed. And as I was reading, one very distinctive bit of information stuck out to me. The Dutch began teaching sex ed in kindergarten. And I found that sentence to be shocking. I mean, I was completely taken aback, as I'm sure some of you are right now. But as I kept reading, I realized that there was a fundamental difference between the culture of sex in the U.S. and in the Netherlands. And that is, to the Dutch, sex is not just intercourse or biology. It goes much deeper to the nature of the relationship between two people who are sexually or romantically involved, to the desire one feels, to enjoyment and fun and pleasure. And they bring these ideas into the classroom with them which is what makes sex ed so much more salient and relatable and realistic to students. So when I say that they begin to teach sex ed in kindergarten, I don't mean any talk of sex or anatomy at that age. I mean discussion about things like love, respecting other people's boundaries, and basic principles of consent. This is infused with other everyday classroom discussions, so it's totally normalized and reoccurring. And students not only build upon this knowledge as they grow up, but they're also free to ask questions about anything they want in a safe and honest environment. In the United States, sex ed is not like this at all. It's often cold and awkward and impersonal, and all of this information about reproduction and anatomy is just thrown at you to memorize. Sex ed, like drug use prevention programs, really revolves around scare tactics. Not to mention, they're completely heteronormative, revolving around cisgender people and heterosexual relationships. The main points you take away are that you better be using some kind of contraception, or else you're going to get pregnant, and you better be wearing a condom, or else you're going to contract an STD. 
It feels a lot like that scene in Mean Girls, where the gym teacher yells at the students, don't have sex or you will get pregnant and die. Which of course is so funny because it's true. That is essentially what sex ed boils down to in the US. And that's only if you even get to have sex ed while growing up. There are a lot of places in America where abstinence-only teachings are the only ones that are allowed at school. Kids will get even less information about sex from these programs, let alone healthy messages about love and relationships. I think the reason why our sex ed programs are so lacking is because of the general ambivalence we hold towards sex as a nation. On one hand, sex is everywhere. It's in TV shows, books, movies, video games, advertisements, and more. Porn is essentially readily accessible to anyone who has a device with internet connection. But on the other hand, we have a deep religious history that has taught that sex before marriage is a sin. Even if you yourself aren't religious, you are impacted by a kind of moral code of conduct that upholds a sexual double standard, endless myths about the evils of sex outside of the purpose of reproduction, and pressure to not talk about sex because it is not proper or appropriate. All of this pushed together creates a toxic environment surrounding sex, where no one can seem to agree on anything, and the topic itself is highly controversial. I think that even if educators wanted to adopt policies like this into their classrooms, Fear of public, widespread backlash, or job termination would silence them, or at least greatly impede their efforts. And that is why I think it is necessary for parents to bring these teachings themselves into the home, and help their kids normalize positive attitudes toward sex. I didn't think much about sexuality education after reading that one article, but it stuck with me. So much so that two months ago, when one of my professors introduced us to a semester-long project, where we had to research an important social issue that impacts or relates to families in some way, and then do something about this issue, the topic stuck out in my brain. The project was a variation of the 20% project, which you may or may not have heard of. Basically, this assignment involves using 20% of your class or work time to invest in a personal project that will benefit your community or your place of employment in some way. This is used in all different levels of education, and even at Google, where it's called the innovation time off, and it's actually how Gmail was invented. My professor started asking us to think simply about things we enjoy doing, and at the time, my biggest obsession was listening to true crime podcasts. Honestly, it still is. So I thought, why not do a podcast about something? And when I remembered the article I had read, it was as if light bulbs had gone off. It seemed at first that it might be controversial, or scandalous, or otherwise somehow improper for a school setting. But that's when it really sunk in that it was necessary. Because if even the thought of opening up an honest, educational discussion about sex felt wrong in any way, that needed to be addressed, and hopefully changed. This podcast is not going to be biological, or anatomical, or even quote-unquote graphic. Because I think more importantly, we need to talk about our deeply held attitudes and beliefs about sex and challenge them, or even just think about them in ways that maybe we haven't before. It isn't going to be about how to give the talk to your kids, because I don't think sex should be reduced to a one-time lecture from a parent to a child. 
Instead, it's going to be about creating an environment where your kids can hopefully feel comfortable enough to come to you about sex and questions they have about sexuality or relationships or desire or love. It'll be about being able to provide them with the resources they need and teaching them from a very young age about principles like voluntary informed consent and respecting boundaries. This podcast might bring up topics you disagree with. In fact, you might have already been disagreeing with me now. And that's okay. All I ask of my listeners is to question your beliefs and opinions, and think deeply about what you believe and why it is you believe it. Question your upbringing, your ethics, your parents, your friends. This is a very involved and sometimes uncomfortable process, but it is necessary to break these things down to their essence. Even if you do not agree with all or some of the things I say in this podcast, if you at least have questioned your beliefs and ideas about sex and sexuality, then I will feel successful, because that is the very first step to changing the landscape. Although it'll take time, undoubtedly, changing the landscape is imperative in my opinion, to tackling issues like rape culture and homophobia. It is by no means the only thing, nor is it necessarily the most important. But it is certainly the beginning. And if nothing else, I think it has the potential to make positive change for future generations. Dutch teenagers do not have sex at an earlier age than their European and American counterparts. Nine out of ten say they used contraception during their first sexual intercourse, and they are among the top users of birth control, according to the World Health Organization. The teen pregnancy rate is five times lower in the Netherlands than the teen pregnancy rate in the United States. So yes, this education works. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes covering a wide range of topics to explore and adopt Dutch sexuality education and culture. Thanks for listening.